The following audio is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. It's an adaptation of a service for the Children's Christmas Service, first posted on December 20th, 2020. If you'd like to follow along with this service, you can also find the service folder at rockofages-payson.com. Thanks for joining us. Our first hymn is Angels from the Realms of Glory, shared by the children at Rock of Ages. Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Once you sang creation story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Shepherds in the fields abiding, watching your flocks by night. God with us is now residing, yonder shines the infant light. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Magi, leave your complications, brighter visions beam afar. See the great desire of nations, you have seen the Savior star. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned. You will be true to Jacob and show mercy to Abraham. As you have pledged an oath to our fathers in days long ago. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Let us confess our sins to God and ask for his forgiveness. Almighty and merciful God, I confess to you that I have not loved you with all my heart. I have pursued my ways instead of your ways. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. I repent of them, Lord, and ask for your mercy. The Almighty God has been merciful to us. He has fulfilled his promise of mercy by sending his Son to live and die in our place. For Jesus' sake, God forgives our sins as he calls us from darkness to his great light. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, by his authority, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear. Suddenly the Lord descending, in his temple shall appear. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. 
Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Take away the burden of our sins, and make us ready for the celebration of your birth, that we may receive you in joy and serve you always. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first lesson is from 2 Samuel chapter 7. You are to say the following to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from following sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. I will make your reputation great, like that of the great ones on the earth. I will set up a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them there. They will dwell there, and they will not be disturbed again. Violent men will not afflict them again as they did at the beginning, and ever since the day I appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord himself will make a house for you. When your days are complete and you rest with your fathers, I will rise up after you, your seed, who will come from your own body. I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he sins, I will discipline him with the rod used by men and with blows of the sons of men. My faithful mercy will not depart from him as I removed it from Saul, whom I removed to make room for you. Your house will stand firm, and your kingdom will endure forever before you. Your throne will be established forever. Our psalm of the day is Psalm 89. At the works of your hands, O Lord, I lift up my voice in song, I sing for joy. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known. Throughout generations, yes, I have said, your mercy is built to last forever. In the heavens you establish your faithfulness. At the works of your hands, O Lord, I lift up my voice in song, I sing for joy. The Lord said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, I will establish your seed forever. I will build your throne through all the generations. At the works of your hands, O Lord, I lift up my voice in song, I sing for joy. How blessed are the people who know the joyful cry. Lord, they walk in the light from your face. In the name of you, they celebrate all day long. In your righteousness, they are lifted up. For you, for you are the beauty of their strength. And by your favor, you exalt our horn. Indeed, our shield belongs to the Lord, our kin of the Holy One, Israel. At the works of your hands, O Lord, I lift up my voice in 
I sing for joy. Once you spoke in a vision to your favorite ones, you said, I have granted help to a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. He is the one whom I, my hand will sustain. Surely my arm will strengthen him. No enemy will subject him or to tribute. No vile man will oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and mercy will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand is over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, and my rock that saves me. I will also make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. I will keep my mercy for him forever and my covenant to be with him, and I stand firm. I will establish his seed forever. His throne will endure like the days of the heaven. Blessed, is the Lord. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Our second lesson is from Romans 16, verses 25 to 27. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, According to my gospel, and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was veiled in silence for long ages past, but now has been revealed through the prophetic scriptures and made known to all the Gentiles, in keeping with the command of the eternal God, resulting in the obedience of faith, to God, who alone is wise, be glory forever. Through Jesus Christ, amen. Alleluia! The virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Alleluia! Our Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary because you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Listen, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, even though she was called barren. And this is her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. 
Then the angel left her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Our hymn of the day is Come Your Hearts and Voices Raising. Come your hearts and voices raising, Christ the Lord with gladness praising. Loudly sings his love amazing, worthy folk of Christendom. Jacob's star in all its splendor Beams with comfort sweet and tender Forcing Satan to surrender Breaking all the powers of Precious child, we pray you hear us, from your lowly manger cheer us, gently lead us and be near us, till we join the angelic choir. I've been reading this book series with my children for a while now. And in it, there's a rabbit princess who has a special tonic. And when she gives that tonic to one of the injured soldier rabbits, they almost magically recover and find strength. Kind of reminds me of another book that I read to them once, dealing with these travelers who received some special bread called lembas from some elves. And just one morsel of that bread would give them strength for a whole day's journey. People are always looking for special food or drinks that can give them special strength and energy, the healthiest craze or the healthiest energy drink. Sports drinks, energy drinks, and energy bars are still growing in popularity, it seems, year after year. And those who hike on trails will be ever eager to share with you what special product they've found off the shelf which will help them on their hikes. Well, there's a food available for us which gives us strength 
And it's not something out of fairy tales or from fancy marketing. It's something which strengthens us for our Christian life and faith. And it's from our God. This morning we continue our series, God Prepares Us for His Coming. As we look at how God strengthens us in faith and prepares us as we hold on in faith until He comes again. We'll look at how Paul mentions a strengthening in the book of Romans, as we look at the closing portion, the final words of his letter to the Roman Christians. And there we'll see how God prepares us with his gospel, he strengthens. At the closing section of the book of Romans, we see one of the longest lists of believers in all the New Testament letters. Paul mentions various names in a very diverse group of believers. He mentions people like Phoebe, who were a great help to him. And he wants the church to welcome her. And there are other women like Mary and the others who worked hard in the Lord. Paul mentions people like Aquila and Priscilla who served to the point where they even risked their lives to help Paul. And the name of listing goes on as Paul mentions men like Rufus and Rufus's mother who is like a mother to Paul. Men and women are mentioned of various backgrounds. They have names that come from Greek backgrounds and names that come from Jewish backgrounds. It's a very diverse group gathered in Rome. Paul even mentions some of his own relatives and a man who was a high official serving in the city of Rome. The picture and the point is pretty clear as you read through this letter that Paul wants the church to greet one another, to strengthen and support each other, to welcome each other. And it's a very diverse group. But diversity in people and culture is good. That's something that should be celebrated, not diversity in teaching. So Paul has to tell them, after he lists all the people that they're to welcome and to greet in this diverse congregation of believers, to watch out for diversity of teaching. And he says, watch out for those who teach contrary to what you've learned. Paul knows that Satan will soon be crushed as the God of peace himself crushes Satan for them. But until Christ comes again, they need to hold on under Satan's attacks. And they need to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. It's the same today, isn't it? The, the church around the world is diverse. Christians will be greeting one another day after day by the billions in this world. And it's not just here that you're going to hear Christmas songs and carols being sung. It's around the world this Christmas. You'll have believers everywhere, diverse backgrounds, cultures, men and women all around the world coming together in Christ's name. But still, there is danger in diversity in teaching. Not every Christmas song builds up in faith. Not every Christmas gathering and preaching will be focused on what is necessary for strengthening. Satan knows that he can divide the church. He would seek to make the Christians gathered in ancient Rome weak as they spread out. That's why Paul wrote his letter. He knows that the devil tries to divide God's church with false teaching. And the devil will leave us weak and scattered as we find not just diversity in our background and people, but diversity in teaching. <clears throat> the many house churches in Rome that Paul mentions were good, but not if every 
house was holding to a different path and a different teaching. And that's why this letter is written. In the closing portion of the letter to the Romans, Paul writes about the strengthening that is needed for God's church. Strengthening which comes from the gospel. God strengthens you with his gospel, his good news. So Paul closes by saying at the final portion of his letter, God is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Paul knew that the ancient Roman Christians were going to face many attacks and divisions, but God would strengthen them according to the gospel. It is the gospel through which God strengthens us to today. All around the world, the church is brought strength and power by the gospel. It's not found in some story princess tonic or some magic elvish bread. It's found in the good news and the proclamation of Jesus. Yes, uh, you can praise God with a, a hymn and you can find that the the church is decorated fancy at Christmas and the architecture of the church might be impressive or it might be trendy. But if that architecture and that decoration doesn't point to Christ as the center, it has no power. And yes, the, the preacher might be worldly wise, but if he's not pointing to Christ, his message has no power. And you might find as you gather for Christmas, you're greeted by fellow believers with smiles and a, a preacher who smiles. But unless those people can join with John the Baptist in saying, Christ must become greater, I must become lesser, their presence and their smile has no power. It is the proclamation of Christ and the good news of Jesus that has power for strengthening in God's church and for his people. Yes, a, a Christian could find the architecture and they could find it impressive or trendy, but if it points to Christ and it points to him as our Savior with the manger, the cross, the empty tomb, that has power when you enter that building. And as you hear the preaching and the message, if the preacher points to Jesus, not himself, he's pointing to the one true source of power. And sure, you could sing all day, here I am to worship, or I love you, Lord, but it won't make you strong for worship and it won't increase your love for your Lord if it's merely singing that. But if it sings along with the angels, hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled. If your message is focused on that, the one who was born to save us, it has power. Power to do what it did for the Apostle Paul and Timothy and Silas as he sat in prison and Paul and Silas sang to the Lord in midnight in the darkness. And the power of the gospel of Jesus drove away the darkness and strengthened them. And still, as believers sing the message of Jesus and the proclamation of his good news, it has power. Satan knows that if he can diminish the focus on the proclamation of Jesus, he can remove the power that the church holds from God. This world was long lost in darkness, as Paul mentions. The gospel, the mystery, was veiled in long and ages past. As the world rejected the light given to it at creation, it was left weak and helpless 
without strength, wandering in darkness. The curse of sin hung over it. But all that changed as God revealed the gospel in ages past. And that gospel message was brought to light in the scriptures and through the proclamation of the prophets. See, the world doesn't find strength in chasing after some special bread or wealth or the power of this world. The world foolishly looks for strength in all the wrong places. Strength isn't found, however, in some special tonic or from from special bread or food. Strength is found for this world in the power of the gospel. That's what Paul said as he started his letter to the Romans. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. First for the Jews, they who received the word of God and the prophets who carried the scriptures. Then also for the non-Jews who also believe. This power from God was revealed on that dark night as heavenly beings spoke to those shepherds in the darkness as they were watching over their flocks. And they proclaimed that message, Today a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord, the one revealed in the prophecies of Scripture who would come into this world and bring peace. He will, as the message of the angel was given to Mary and to Joseph, he will sit on David's throne and he will rule over this world and bring peace which will never end. And just think of all the strength the shepherds had as they hurried off to find what was spoken to them, the Christ, the proclamation of Jesus, the Son of God who came to be our King. And imagine the strength and boldness the shepherds had as they ran off afterwards to spread the news of what they heard concerning that child. And imagine the strength found by Jesus' first disciples, Philip and Andrew, Simon and John, as they heard the message of Christ and they decided to follow him. And in following Christ, they were strengthened as Christ revealed to him that he is the Son of God, long prophesied in Scripture, who is to come into the world, their King. And it might have felt like Satan had crushed Jesus underfoot on that dark night when the disciples saw Jesus die after he had suffered on the cross. But this, too, was good news as Jesus came to reconcile God and men and bring peace by taking upon himself the curse once for all on the cross. And the good news is that he died so that we might live. Jesus, the Son of God, came into the world to offer himself. And that good news was proclaimed to the disciples and all the world as the living Jesus proclaimed forgiveness of sins in his name. And the God of peace, as Paul writes in his letter, God commanded that this message be proclaimed to all nations, even the Gentiles, so that people like Paul were reaching out to the Roman Christians. And Paul had a plan to go from Rome after strengthening them to the ends of the known world and to the very tip of Spain as he would carry the gospel. It would be a hard task, and he would need strength to carry it out. But Paul knew where to find that strength. It was the gospel proclaimed, long veiled in ages past, but revealed in the Holy Scriptures, a gospel which he shared to the Roman Christians to strengthen and unite them 
and a gospel which he hoped that he could carry on from there to the ends of the world. Yes, there will be things that will cause the church to divide. There will be false teaching. There will be immorality. And there will be persecution. But God knows this. Satan's foolish attempts to weaken God's church will fail as all who find power in the gospel of Jesus use and hold to that power. Jesus strengthens us through that gospel. It is a wonderful, strengthening food when he gives it to us. He says in his gospel, take and eat, take and drink. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. In the gospel, in word and sacrament, he gives us a strengthening and a food like none other. And God, just as he sent Paul and the prophets and many others to spread this good news, in his wisdom has commanded that this gospel be spread. There are hearts that are fearful and there are hearts that are weak, that need more than just a Christian smile or greeting or some decoration. They need power for strength to carry on and to be renewed and strengthened in faith this Christmas. And that's the message that we carry. As God strengthens us by his gospel, we too strengthen as we carry this gospel message. We can conclude as Paul finishes his letter, to God, who alone is wise, be glory through Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as Lord. All creation worships you, Father everlasting. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing an endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of heavenly hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you. Father of majesty unbounded, your glorious true and only Son, and the Holy Spirit advocate and guide. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you humbled yourself to be born of a virgin. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. The kettle a-harlowing Jesus, no crying here.
look down from the sky and stay by my side until morning is night. You sit at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that you will come to be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood. And bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, throughout the centuries you repeated and affirmed your promise to send the offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head. Through your prophets of old, you continually directed the eyes of your people to the advent of their Savior. We praise you, O Lord, for keeping your promise and sending your Son to destroy the works of evil. As we celebrate the birth of our King, Use your mighty word to shatter our pride and rouse us from spiritual slumber and apathy. Move us to take your heart to the words of John. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. You sent your Son to redeem us from sin. Let this good news be our joy and strength. Use it to cheer the lonely, encourage the fearful, and give hope to the despairing. In these days around Christmas, spare us from the stress of deadlines and the frenzy of commercialism. Fill our lives with the message of your peace and the music of your grace. Direct our eyes not only to the manger, but also to the skies, where we will see your Son coming again, not as a lowly child, but as the Lord of Lords. Lift up our hearts in joyful anticipation of the day. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, in your grace, in your power, and in your glory. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Lord God, all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works come from you. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments. Defend us also from the fear of our enemies, that we may live in peace and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May he, who by his incarnation gathered things earthly and heavenly into one, fill us with such joy that comes with the knowledge of the forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life, and the blessing 
of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Slow.